0: What is up? <laughs> Yo, know, 597, you guys, you guys are the, the greatest, the most amazing youth I've ever, ever seen. And, and look, I know you're probably thinking that's because he's one of our youth pastors, but guys, I've seen a lot of youth groups, really. I've done a lot of camps. You guys are the best, really. I mean, you guys are awesome. I love, I absolutely love worshiping, and it's even better when I get to do it with you guys, right? We serve an amazing God, an amazing King, and the opportunity to come in this place and give Him glory, the glory that He's deserving of, and then we get to come in this place and do that, and then just take in His glory. How cool is that, right? Saturdays, Saturdays are a good time. Guys, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to church. Welcome to youth. You guys made it. We're here. I know you guys are waiting for some pizza outside. I promise it's not going to get cold. They're going to time it perfectly to whenever I'm done, it's going to be nice and hot pizza, okay? So don't get, all, don't get like jamming your feet around. Okay, we're good. We're, we're going to get you some pizza. Is that cool? Yeah. Well, guys, I'm excited. Tonight, we are closing out. Our playlist series, right? This is the series where we've gone through the songs that we've been doing. I don't know if you noticed, but all four songs we did tonight were from the playlist series. Any, anybody notice that? So there was, a, there was a third one, though, that we haven't talked about yet that we did tonight that we're going to be doing tonight. Who noticed the overlap? Nobody knows? Nice. Devonte sang it, so. Tonight we're going to be talking about great things as we close out This playlist sermon series and i'm super excited to talk about this song because it happens to be one of my favorite songs That we're doing right now on saturdays Because for me there there seem to be different types of worship songs, right? There are worship songs where we're kind of singing to each other and proclaiming god to each other, right? And there's songs where like it's from the perspective of god and he's talking to us, right? And then there's songs where we just get to give him glory We just get to give him praise. We just get to lift him up and say god you are good. You are faithful Hallelujah, you're unsure shakable, right? So that's why this song is one of my favorite songs, because I get to do it and just give God glory. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right, so let's check this song out with this first clip. Let's see what it's all about. Woo! I know, I I wasn't done either, right? I know you guys aren't done. We're ready. We just need to go back into worship and spend some time singing about the great things that God has done and will do. I love it. So guys, I don't know if you've noticed, but throughout the length of this song, it says that God has done great things a total of 17 times, right? So 17 times this song declares that God has done great things. So for me, right, in order for me to worship to this song, in order for me to thank God 17 times for the great things that he's done, I have to know what are those great things? right? And then I have to believe that they happened, right? So I'm, I'm singing this song over and over. God, you've done great things. You've done great things. 17 times. I got to know what are those great things, and I got to believe that they happened. Yeah. So tonight, we're going to briefly go through some of the great things that our God has done and will do. So let's start talking about some, some of those great things that, that Jesus did while he was on earth. First, in Mark, sorry, John 13, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Look at them toes, those are some nasty toes. I don't know if I'd wanna like be scrubbing the insides of those toes, you know what I mean? But look, look, what's so amazing about this right? I mean, just Jesus and his disciples, they weren't, they weren't walking around in some, like, some Nike high socks with slides, you know what I mean? And then were are wearing some like old school vans, right? These guys were walking around in, in, in sandals and were probably barefoot a lot of the time. So I imagine that their feet looked a lot like that. So we can just agree, that's a pretty great thing, right? That he got, he got all the dirt off of that, right? But here, here's what's even greater about the fact that Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Jesus is the son of God, right? Jesus is God. He's fully God, and he's fully man. He made himself man, and he came to this earth, and he got on his hands and his knees, and he washed his friend's feet to display his great love for them, to display what humility looks like, to display what serving looks like, I mean, for us, that's a pretty cool thing to do, but for the king of kings and the Lord of lords to do that, that's a really great thing. Somebody say, that's a great thing. A great thing. God is asking us to serve. God is asking us to be humble in our walk and in our lives and our, in our interactions with other people, and he did it first just by doing that. Ooh, that's a great thing. Mark, Mark 4, right? Let's move on. Jesus stops a storm. Guys, look. Okay. I know sometimes we get storms, right? And and they're like, "All right, everybody ev- evacuate the building. Get out. Cancel schools. Close down the roads." Right? And then it, we get some sprinkles. It wasn't that kind of storm. Okay, this was a real storm. They were on a boat in a lake. And this storm started to just destroy their boat. The scripture says their boat was all but destroyed, right? So these disciples are on the boat, scared for their lives. Jesus is taking a hard nap because he's not afraid. So they go and they, they wake up Jesus and they're like, Jesus, don't you care if we die? So Jesus gets up and he says, quiet, be still. And then, and then that thing happened where the storm, yeah, that, right. See, see. I'm not as great as God is, so for me, we got to coordinate a little bit. So what's so great about this, guys? I love this story because, and just like the song says, you've been faithful. Are you guys with me? Are you guys with me? You've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. See, we get to see in Scripture where Jesus actually calms and controls and eliminates a a literal storm for the disciples that was threatening their life. uh, Two parts. The reason that's a great thing for one is because Jesus has power over the wind and the waves. I mean, that is a great thing, guys. I barely have power over my sound team back there to to bring the music down. (laughs) Right, what a, what a great God that we serve that not even the wind and the waves and the rain are in, in, in control over him. Things that we can't control and we can barely predict, right? What a great God. Now, now let's talk about this storm and how this song says you've been faithful through every storm. See, when Jesus stopped the storm, the literal storm in the Bible with his disciples, it was an indicator not only of his power over the wind and the waves, but his power over the storms in our life. He was displaying God's power over every storm in our life. So when God is faithful in the Bible on the boat with his disciples, he's also faithful to eliminate and bring us out of any storm that we have in our life. That's a great God. Come on. Somebody say, that's a great thing. Okay, moving on. Matthew chapter six through eight, Jesus does three really great things. Guys, let me tell you, you got to read through the Gospels because it's just great thing after great thing after great thing. These are stories straight from the Gospels. So if you want to go home and watch and watch Jesus do even more great things, open up the Gospels and see Jesus do some great things. So Matthew uh, chapter six through eight, he fed multitudes with only Swedish fish, two fish two fish and five loaves of bread. Now the story goes he fed the 5000 and scripture tells us that that was not including men, I mean sorry, women and children. So when you add them in, we're talking upwards of 10,000 people that Jesus fed with two fish and five loaves of bread. Guys, you got to understand here. This is a great thing. This is a great thing. And then and then after he does it, right? He he goes and walks on water because his disciples go out on on a boat, and he goes out to them, and he walks on water. Let me tell you, I've tried. Y'all ever been to the pool, and there's a pool in front of you? You know what I mean? And you're like, guys, I'm going to get three steps in. And it's like some of these. (laughs) You know what I mean? You sink, and you're like, I got five. See, Jesus is just like this. His disciples are out on the boat. He's like, and they're like, who's that? Because our God is a great God. He can do it all, right? So get this. They get on the other side of the lake, and guess what Jesus does? It's a great thing, <laughs> right. he, he does it again. He feeds the multitudes again with basically the same amount of food. Twice in a row he does it. Guys, you got to understand, if I had to feed all of you with these two Swedish fish, I'm talking I I have to get a knife, and I have to be like, you know what I mean? And there'd be like this see-through flap. I'd be like, one for you, and I'd be like... You know, and you'll be like, where is it? I can't see it. And, And let me tell you what, you guys after eating your little sliver of Swedish fish would not be full, right? And scripture shows us that when Jesus fed these thousands of people with two fish and five loaves, they were full because our God is a great God. He doesn't do things and leave us empty. He doesn't leave empty spaces in our life. That's why we were singing that tonight because God is an abundant, overflowing God where he gives us all we need. He's a great God. So see, this is what Jesus did. He took these two fish, right? Okay. And then you know what he did? He multiplied it. All right. All right. Reel it back in. Get your scoops, get your scoops full. Hey, hey, don't leave any unpackaged Swedish fish on the ground now. Okay. I know you're going to step on it. I'm going to have to pick it up later. All right. I know what y'all are thinking. He threw candy at us. It's go time. He's throwing more candy. That's all the candy I got, okay? Is everybody with me? Are you with me? Okay, guys, just so you know, I didn't multiply Swedish fish, okay? I didn't. Those didn't turn into thousands, okay? I had some people back there, they threw it at you. Just so you know, I, I'm not as great as God. Hey, so, somebody say, that's a great thing. Look, guys. All of these things are great that we've gone through, right? Fed thousands of people with close to nothing, right? He washed his disciples' feet as the king of kings. He stopped a storm. He's capable of stopping every storm in our life. But the greatest thing of all that Jesus did is the gospel. Jesus willingly died for each and every one of you to display his great love for you. That, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Guys, you have to understand, this is the king of kings. He's an all-powerful God, and he went through a slow, torturous, painful death. I mean, what a great God that we serve because of his love for you and that it gave him glory and that now we can give him glory and just take in his glory and live in his glory and receive his glory. The only thing that offers peace, joy. Real fulfillment. Somebody say that's a, great thing. that's a great thing. All right, so we're moving on. Let's talk about some great things that God did in the Old Testament. So right off the bat, Genesis one, God created the universe. Guys, I mean, can we explain anything that's around us? Barely, right? We look. At, <laughs> we got these. We got these massive telescopes. We're looking out into space, and we just continually study this complex just incredible amazing unexplainable universe that we're surrounded by right and and we are these scientists try their best to just quantify this incredibly beautiful and amazing impossible thing that surrounds us somebody say "That's that's a great thing so then after he creates all this beautiful stuff that shows his glory that we can see and live in then he creates mankind yeah you know what I mean? I mean, that. come on, that's a great thing. Yes, our God is a creator of so many things. What more can he create in our life, right? God is great, and we are great in him. Somebody say, God is great, and I am great in him. All right, in this, in this talking about the great things that God has done, Let's, let's look at the, the writer of the song and see what he has to say about the great things God has done and how it meant something in the writing of this song. Check it out. That's so good. We serve such a great God, and Phil Wickham just mowed over some really great things that God has done and how he talked about how God is still doing great things, how it looks differently, right? But God is still moving. He's still doing great things in our life. And I love how he mentioned that their response in Scripture was always worshiping him. And we're going to talk about that later. Now, he briefly went over a really cool story that i got to talk about for a second. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right, where they're thrown in a furnace because of their faith. Do you guys know the story a little bit? These three guys are tied up together because they won't worship the king's God, so he cranks up this furnace seven times hotter than he usually has it, right? This thing is so hot that when they're throwing these guys in the furnace, the soldiers that were throwing him in died, okay? So just the fact that they made it in the furnace is incredible, okay? So they're thrown in this furnace, tied up together, and the king looks inside and he says, yo, hey, we threw three people in there, right? Like one, one, two, three, we threw three people, and they're like, Yeah, dude, didn't you see all those people just die from it? You weren't watching that? It was insane, right? And then he says, I see four. And then the king says, the fourth looks like a son of God. So the king calls out to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he says, come out. And they're good. Three people come out. Four people were in. They didn't even smell like smoke. Their garments weren't even burnt. See, that's the great God that we serve. He's a protector. He's a provider. He does impossible, incredible things. Somebody say, that's a great thing. So I'm going to get a little personal. See, I'm going to talk about this idea that our great God and his doing of great things can change and motivate our hearts. He can change and he can motivate and he can move our hearts. See, when I was younger, I remember getting offended really easily. I would get really defensive. I would jump on people when they would approach me about something. And, you know, I remember a time where I was just starting to lead worship at my youth group, and my sister was a youth pastor. So she goes to my mom, and she's like, Mom, everybody's kind of getting the vibe that Leo thinks he's better than everybody else. And I was, you know... Yeah, I mean I had the flow, right? Like I had the I had the beaver the beaver flow. I, I flip my hair like that, and you know what I mean I whip my guitar around like this and then I strum it, you know what I mean? So I mean I, I see where she was coming from, right? And now, you know, it's like my hair's looking all whack and you know what I mean, my jeans are all ripped up, so it's just not the same. But I remember pretty much attacking my mom. I remember yelling. I was in the kitchen. I remember this. I was yelling at my mom in the kitchen saying, that's ridiculous. That's absurd. What an unfair claim for her to make. That's not true. See, whether it was or not, my heart was just not in a good place. When somebody would come to me and they would tell me about something they're noticing and how people may be perceiving me, I would get defensive. I would get angry. So recently, I heard PJ give a sermon, and it was talking about how we as Christians should be unoffendable. And then I saw this scripture. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. See, when we serve our God of love and when we live with his love, he can take all the things in our heart that don't make sense, all the things in our heart that damage our relationships, all the things in our heart that ruin our lives, and he can switch them and replace them with his love. See, when we come and worship and we lay it all down and we say, Jesus fill my empty space, take it all, Father, because you are faithful, he can take those things that about ruin my relationship with my sister, my church, and my mom, and he can replace it with his love, so I decided I'm going to live that scripture, I'm not going to be easily irritated, and I'm not going to take any offense, so I started to walk in this idea of being unoffendable, and God has totally changed my heart and made me new, and I am just, it's so much more peace, somebody say that's a great thing, So guys, what does this mean for us, right? What does it mean that God has done great things, right? What does it mean? How can we apply that? What can we claim in our life? Tonight I have two things that we can claim in our life because of the great things that God has done. Here's what they are. I am free and I am loved. Somebody say, I am free and I am loved. The chorus of the song says, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. See, guys, the the things that God has done is an indicator to us, listen, are you with me, that we have his power, that we have his strength, and nothing can lock us up, right? They put Jesus on a cross and they nailed him. And he took all of our sin, all of our shame, and he took it in a tomb. And three days later, when he emptied out the tomb and conquered the, de- and conquered the grave and conquered death, he also conquered all of those things that ruin our life. See, in Jesus, we are free. See, Jesus showed us that he is greater, that he is stronger, that he has higher. And in him, so are we. In him, we are free. Somebody say, I am free. Romans chapter 6, verse 22 says, But now that you have been set free from sin, you have become slaves to God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. See, guys, when we live for Jesus, when we live with his love, we live a life of holiness. I've seen him change it in me, and that's just the great God that we serve and the great things that he's done. All right, that second point I am loved. Say, I am loved. See, the great things that Jesus did is just a picture of how much he loves each and every one of you. It's an an act and an expression of his great, intense love for you. Guys, listen, the God of the universe made himself man, right? We talked about this. He went through a slow, painful, torturous death to, to show you how much he loves you. He could have given up at any point. I know there were a lot of points in the crucifixion that I would have given up, right? I mean, when a whip was going in Jesus' back and ripping his flesh apart, I probably would have given up then, but Jesus' actions said, no, no, they're worth it. The glory of my Father is worth it. When nails were being driven through his wrists, he said, no, no, my people are worth it. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it's painful. I'm fully man, but my people, my love for my people is greater hanging from a cross, suffocating to death. Jesus' action said, my love for my people is greater than even this. Guys, and here's the beautiful thing. We aren't worth it to Jesus because of anything we did. Don't start giving yourself any credit, any merit, right? Because we're not worth it because of anything we did. We were worth it to Jesus on the cross simply because of how intense his love was for us, how greatly he loves each and every one of you. And that is the same powerful, life-changing love that he still has for each one of you that you can walk in, that you can live in. Somebody say that's a great thing. John chapter 15 verse 13 says, Jesus where Jesus says, no one has greater love than to lay down his life, his own life for his friends. And Jesus laid it out. He was trying to tell us, look, this is how much I love you. Nobody's got greater love than this. And that's exactly what Jesus did to display his great love for you. So here's my question for you guys tonight. And maybe you've asked yourself this before. This is, this is big. So zone in. Give me all you got. We're almost done. Maybe you've asked yourself before, why should I care that God did all of these great things for me? Why should I care that God did all of these great things for me? Right? I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for God to do all this great stuff for me. I didn't ask him to die on a cross for me. So why should I care? Here's my answer for you guys tonight. Because your life is at stake. Because your life is at stake. Two weeks ago, Pastor Tony gave an awesome sermon on the song Only Way. And he explained that if we believe that Jesus is the only way to eternal life, then anyone who does not believe that and surrender their life to the Lordship of Christ will not receive that. Therefore, this means That our response to and recognition of the great things that God has done for us is the difference between eternal life in heaven with God and eternal life in hell. See, it matters that Jesus did great things because surrendering to that truth is the only way to heaven. Are you guys with me? So... Now what? Right? We know the great things that God has done. We know how it affects us. We're free and we're loved and we can walk in that fully. We know why it's important, what's at stake. So my question is, now what? Now, now what do we do? Let's check out this bridge and find out. So in the video that we watched earlier of Phil Wickham, when he talked about writing this song, he mentioned that in Scripture, when God, when people experienced the great power of our God, their response was praise. Their response was lifting up a praise and worshiping God. And my challenge and my encouragement in you guys, for you guys tonight is that is our now what. Our now what is to praise our King who is worthy and who deserves it. So look at the, the bridge lyrics of this song. I like to count words, I guess. I don't know. This song says the word hallelujah a total of six times. So hallelujah, that word, it's really important to know what it means. I know there was so long that I would be like, hallelujah. And I'd leave and i be like, what does that mean? <laughs> hallelujah. What does that mean? You know what I mean? That, that, was, that was my life. I, I didn't really know what hallelujah meant. So I had a desire to seek out what does this word mean? And here's what I found. Hallelujah means Praise God. And that's what our response should be, just like it happened in Scripture. And just like verse 1 of this song says, Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. So we're going to break down the word, hallelujah. The first half, hallelujah, you with me, means praise. Hallelujah means praise. The second half in Hebrew, right? Hallelujah in Hebrew means praise. Okay, the second half yah in hebrew is interchangeable for yahweh which is the name of god so guys it's an it's such a big thing when we as a church and we as a family say hallelujah and lift him up with the word hallelujah because when we say hallelujah we are using the actual name of god and saying i recognize what you've done I appreciate you, I respect you, I believe in you, I love you, I thank you, and I praise you because you deserve it. Because you are worthy of my praise. So we give God a hallelujah just like this song says. You guys with me? What does hallelujah mean? God. Yes, what does hallelujah mean? God. And how cool is it that when we say that, we're using the actual name of God, Yahweh, and saying, you are worthy. All the glory to you, God. All right, I'm closing out. I know. You guys are like, pizza's out there. Guys, here's my challenge to you as we close out this sermon. Give me your last, your last moments of focus. I know you guys are, Well, you guys just had fall break. You guys should be all over it. You kidding me? Guys, listen, it's time for us to love God with the same unconditional, uncircumstantial love that God showed us when he walked the earth. When he walked, okay, you guys are paying attention. When he walked the earth, when he died on the cross, and like he does even today, we should respond and do what Jesus did. See, God's not asking anything of us that he didn't already provide and do himself. In all we do, we would display the love of God. And represent him in everything. We would walk in love. We would speak life every opportunity we get. Every social media post. We see you guys on social media. Look at me. We see it. Every social media post, we would think, how can I represent God? How can I reach the most people and show them who God is? Every conversation, every action that I make. Guys, I think back to my time in high school And in middle school, you guys see new people every day. I look back at that and I think, man, why didn't I walk in a homeroom like this and be like, hey, what's up? I'm gonna tell you about Jesus. You ready or what? I mean, so many opportunities for me to meet people and say, man, you guys have to know this God that I serve. So much lost time, guys. We have to have a desire to represent Christ in everything that we do. And that is what it looks like to praise God, to say hallelujah with my life. So we're gonna do that tonight. I want to encourage you guys as we sing this song one more time. Give God everything. Think of the great things that he's done. Think of his awesome power. You have an opportunity to take this song. Think of the great things that Jesus has done. Think of his faithfulness. Think of his goodness. Think of his power and his glory and step into it and stay there. We're going to do this song one more time. And we're going to sing it as a declaration, as a celebration of the great things that God has done in your life. Stand with me. Come on.